The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Sam Unger Real Estate Team, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit samsellsorlando.net. What's happening tonight, fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, another emergency edition. We're recording this on Tuesday night, December the 5th, and UCF has a new head football coach. I'm Jeff Sharon, along with Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy. we got a full house here for this emergency pod that we wanted to get up. And uh, let's just dive right in with the news. Uh, Josh Heupel is your new head coach at UCF. He comes over from the offensive coordinator position at Mizzou. You may know him as a former Oklahoma Sooner where uh, he was the starting quarterback for Bob Stoops' national championship winning uh, Oklahoma Sooners team back in uh, 2000. Uh, We're going to have the details on that in just a little bit. Um, But uh, first, let's just get some uh, business out of the way. Don't forget to follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com where we've got some content for you about Josh Heupel up there already. Uh, We have, uh, don't forget also to follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. I'm on Twitter at Jeff underscore Sharon. Eric is at Eric Lopez Elo. Brian is at Spokes underscore Murphy. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. And you, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. All right, got all that out of the way. Guys, let's dive in. Josh Heupel is the new head coach. He was announced um, earlier, uh, about 11.15 this morning. And once again, Danny White. Uh, does the impossible, manages to keep this thing under wraps the entire time. Even I was thinking right up until the last second that it was going to be Troy Walters announced as the um, getting promoted from offensive coordinator. But no, it's Josh Heupel. And then comes word right after that that Heupel has agreed to bring on Randy Shannon as his defensive coordinator. Um, First impressions, Eric, we will start with you. Well, clearly Danny White hates my childhood because he keeps bringing up guys from my childhood. He hired Scott Frost and those Nebraska teams I didn't like in the mid-90s. And then he hires Josh Heupel, who coached uh, was with that Oklahoma team I didn't like particularly too well. Well, because they beat after, your Florida State Seminoles in the first championship game. In an awful game, 13-2 to uh, in the Orange Bowl. What an awful game that was. Um, it really was a bad game. So, but whatever, I'll kidding kid aside, um, it's surreal because I was actually at Josh Heupel's last game as an Oklahoma offensive coordinator, which took place here in the Russell Athletic Bowl when they got destroyed by Clemson, mm-hmm. which, you know, and they, and they made some moves and we'll get into that. Um, honestly, I didn't thought about Josh Heupel until today, since then, <laughs> Um, obviously he did a nice job at Missouri. Interesting choice. Um, uh, interesting choice. Interesting too, with Randy Shannon as part of the deal, uh, who is now, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's three fifth of the way, he's three fifth of the way of being coached at every school in the state, big five, right? I mean, <laughs> coached in Miami, Florida, now UCF, he's got FSU and USF to go before his career is done. But, um, interesting. It was just an interesting choice. I'm not surprised that, 
that, uh, you know, he does a good job. I mean, he does a good job of keeping that under wraps, clearly. Uh, I feel a little sad for Troy Walters. I, I was like you, Jeff. I think once Kevin Sumlin thing didn't pan out, uh, according to reports, I thought Walters had a really uh, a shot. I like Troy a mm-hmm. lot. And so I would have been fine with that. And that's going to be the interesting question that jumped up to me. What is it? And I'll ask both of you this. Uh, what is it about Josh Heupel that makes him a better candidate than Troy Walters? I think is the first question that pops in my head. Um, that's number one. And then number two, obviously, what happens to Troy Walters moving forward? But uh, interesting move. Obviously, Heupel now, too, you know, did a great job at Missouri. And, and he did a pretty good job at Oklahoma. And I could argue that he kind of got scapegoated a little bit at the end there at Oklahoma because things weren't kind of clicking on all cylinders. But, I agree with that. Uh, by, by Bob Stoops. But uh, look, I mean, this is not a, you know, it's an interesting name. I think Danny White has clearly earned uh, the benefit of the doubt based on all of his hires, and I feel like that's kind of where the majority of the national media has kind of agreed with it. I think CBS Sports is the only one that's criticized the hire, but it's an interesting hire. I, 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 I'm I, kind of in a wait-and-see approach, to be honest, um, because I, I obviously I'll give Danny White the benefit of the doubt, but it did catch me off guard. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll point this out, and then we'll go to Murph. Um, um, Walter's... Uh, my initial uh, impression of Hypo, I thought I thought it would. The more I thought about it, the more it grew on me, and the better a hire I thought it was. I think his leg up on Troy was additional coaching experience. Troy started his uh, coaching career in 2009 at Indiana State. He's only been an offensive coordinator twice, including <clears throat> his stint here at UCF. Whereas Josh Heupel was the quarterbacks coach at Oklahoma for four years co-offensive coordinator at Oklahoma for another three, um, was the assistant head coach, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Utah State for a year before he went to Mizzou where he was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks. Um, He just has that much more experience than Troy Walters does. Walters was um, speculated to be in the running for the Rice job, and before the Heupel news came down from UCF, uh, Rice announced their hire, and it was not Troy. And that kind of was like a hint to, I think, a lot of us at that time that, oh, wow, maybe it really is Troy Walters. And then they come out with the Josh Heupel news, um, <clears throat> coupled with Randy Shannon. Uh, Murph, I'll turn it over to you. You were there for the press conference today. Um, we saw everything unfold on Twitter. Great troll job all the way around by everyone in that room at UCF as the uh, – announcement was coming down um your thoughts on josh heupel i think it makes a lot of sense uh i think it comes from the it comes from the category of if it ain't broke don't fix it uh it's basically you're you're taking a young offense that's got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores turning into sophomores and juniors who run a spread offense and replacing their spread offensive coach with a spread offensive coach, uh, a high-scoring, up-tempo guy uh, who runs a lot of the same stuff. And so, I mean, he'll use it to fit the personnel, but it's basically a lot of the same. So I think it's safe. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be like, this is going to be national championship right away. I thought it was interesting today that, that you know, Josh Heupel said he wants to take this program to higher heights, which is true, but after you're 12-0 – uh, there, there aren't many other higher heights other than you know getting in that CFP, which we know is a different a different issue altogether. 
Um, you know, the one thing that struck me today that, I mean, obviously Scott Frost cares about his players. We will never debate that. Anybody who is watching the, the latest Netflix, which is up on YouTube and up on the UCF Football Twitter God, account. What an amazing. emotional roller coaster that is, huh? Holy It's moly. an amazing 18 minutes of your life. And at the end, you get the audio of Scott Frost talking to his players, and it's so emotional. So you can't you can't say that. Obviously, Scott Frost cares about these kids, but man, oh man, did we hear a lot about relationships and turning you know uh, boys into men, and not about and not about uh, from from Heupel today, not about you know which is on the field but off the field. I want kids to know that I will care about them and love them, and we heard that. Time after time after time again today, um, that's what really struck out stuck out with me today is how much uh, we didn't hear so much about football and X's and O's and players more than we heard about a guy who wants to take a good thing. We want he wants to take the the really personal relationship that Scott Frost had with his players and the players had with the coaches and basically increase that. Um, I think that makes a lot of players happy. A lot of players wanted a players coach. I think all players want a player's coach. That's why they're named player's coach. Uh, and then I, I think they want to be around a guy who cares about them because even the guys who were, haven't been here for two years know the stories about what happened before Scott Frost got here. So they want to keep that going. And in Heupel, they've got that. They've got a guy who, uh, and I, I think it's very very much legitimate, uh, will have their backs and care about them not only on the field but off of it as well. Yeah. Um I, I, I'm not surprised by that. That's kind of the, the whole thing about relationships and all that, that. That to me sounded like music to the ears of a millennial or post millennial, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not, it, 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 it's about the relationship between players and coaches not being coaches versus players, but being like an us thing, right? This, the, the, like we're going to do this together, um, which is, which is a style, which is a style of, you know, management relationship that I think that does work. I think Scott Frost proved that. And Josh Heupel echoed it. Um, I'm interested in the football aspect of it. Um, he spent, uh, you know, obviously Heupel, national championship winning quarterback himself, kind of an undersized guy. But if you, were, you recall that 2000 Oklahoma team, man, they scored a lot of points back then. Uh, he threw for um, he threw for 50 touchdowns in his career. Um, in what was considered a sort of a, a spurrier light offense that Stu- that Bob Stoops brought to Oklahoma back when he started. Um, uh, as far as what Heupel has done at Mizzou uh, last year, uh, the Tigers were seventh in the nation in total offense at 511 and a half yards per game, 35th in rushing at a shade under 200, 14th in passing at 311.9. Uh, and they scored 39.3 points per game, which was 10th best in the country. Of course, UCF number one at almost 50. Um, but this is an offensive mind. There's no doubt about that. And I think Danny White has, uh, uh, you know, it, it, if this is his M.O., he is nailing his M.O. You know, get the get the young coordinator who, um, you know, who runs the uh, an exciting spread offense and turn him loose on Florida athletes and helping him doing this. I thought this was really what I thought was the, the, the home run hire of the day was Randy Shannon because Randy Shannon is not just a defensive coordinator that who, who's, whose players love playing for him. 
he is one hell of a recruiter here in the state of Florida. If you're a high school coach, if you're a high school player, I remember at the Scott Frost press conference when he was hired two years ago, I was the one who asked them about, you know, what's the message to the, to recruits in Central and South Florida? And Frost said the, the messages were coming. And now you got Randy Shannon in there. I think that was one of the big worries because the name of the game is recruiting, right? And in comes Randy Shannon saying, okay, I'm going to get Josh Heupel the weapons that he needs on offense. I'm going to get myself the weapons that I need on defense. And and we're going to try and dominate. Uh, and, uh, and, and to go into those homes down south and around here in central Florida, which ran, where Randy Shannon has been multiple times at Miami and at Florida, um, that's a huge, huge coup for UCF. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, not to downplay the hypo hire, but Randy Shannon is the bigger hire if you want to look at the, the program's long-term viability because of how he recruits, how he can recruit in Florida. Everybody in Florida knows him. Like Eric said, he's got connections all over the state, up and down. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, the, it's still the most fertile recruiting ground in America, and everybody knows Randy Shannon. I, I really thought that you know it, it really can't be overlooked. Like, yes, Josh Heupel's the new head coach, and that's nice, it's, and you're going to see a lot of the same exciting uh, play on offense and then Randy Shannon, though, is here to make sure this train stays on the tracks for a long time to come because he is a fantastic recruiter, especially in this state. Eric, what well, do you yeah, think maybe, on the recruiting maybe, front? Well, maybe maybe improve the defense. I mean, let's be honest, the defense <laughs> under Chenander the last few weeks has not really been it's great. Been, yeah, yeah. So, Gary uh, Paris himself said during the telecast, like, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not exactly uh, putting this one on my resume tape. <laughs> well, but I mean, now in defense, I mean, if they face some pretty good offenses and again, when you're going up tempo, you're going to give up a lot of possessions. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see. I mean, that gets used a lot about what a great recruiter. I would also uh, say that Randy Shannon's got some stiff competition in this state with Mark Rick down in Miami. It's not going to be as easy to get kids out of South Florida. They're more lying to stay in Miami. I think the Willie Taggart forced to be dealt with in Tampa. I think Dan Mullen will be a, a good to deal with. So and the competition's going to be stiff. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, Randy, Randy's been around the block. That'll help. He does have experience as a head coach. It is ironic. They played each other in the SEC, and Missouri blew out Florida when Randy yeah. was the interim coach on that situation. Yeah, and the Florida I, I defense offense put 45 points on Florida yeah. in that game. <laughs> but, but again, that was at Florida, and, and certain things didn't go well with Florida at the end there with Randy Shan. Ironically, coached with Jeff Collins, too. But uh, so, look, I mean, obviously, that's the message to Murph's point. They're trying to keep the pipeline in Florida because obviously that would have been the big question with Hypo is, well, where is your connection? How are you going to recruit in the state of Florida? Because it doesn't matter about your credentials. As we found out with Jim McElwain, if you don't recruit well in this state, uh, you're you're in trouble. So yeah. um, I think that's big part. I think that's a big part. I think that Randy Shannon is a big part of the package. I would not be surprised based on what I saw today if you might see guys during the season where maybe they do multiple press conferences, you know, like kind of like, you know, when, when I, uh, I covered Steve Spurrier at South Carolina, he would have his press conference and then his defensive coordinator would have a press conference uh, after, after the games to talk about the defense. I'm wondering if we might get something like that in the upcoming season where Josh Heupel has his press conference. And then if you want to learn more about the defensive side of the ball, Randy Shannon is available to talk after the game. It's, I just, it'll be interesting. I'm very interested to see how those two work and you know, we'll see. Look, time will tell. This was a fascinating coaching search because 
the belief was that this is one of the most pre- attractive jobs out there, right? That's the, the belief that mm-hmm. hey, this is, a, you know, I agree, but I also think this was a tricky job because you're following the coach. You're following a team that's just going off 12 and 0 going to the peach bowl. And I know I'm going to get some controversy for this. I think you're following a guy that's probably right now the best coach in the history of the program. So, you know, that's not an easy shoe to follow. As we saw with Charlie Strong and and we had Colin Sherwin on, you know, he followed Willie Taggart and they went nine and two, and yet it's considered a disappointment. Here, you could go 10 and two next year, and some people are going to be disappointed, fairly or not. So it's not as easy of a job, I think, as some people thought. So it's an interesting search from that standpoint. I told someone it's actually when Scott Frost was very smart taking this job at 0-12 because there was nowhere to go but up. (laughs) It's true. Uh, Am I right? I mean. Yeah. Well, and he went from in two years, he went from 0-12 to basically 500 to undefeated. Right. So now the challenge for the, the current regime is maintaining that level. Yeah, you know, and and that means winning conference championships. So there's a little extra pressure on that. Not to say, now look on the counter side, you got a great roster. You're going to get to work with, so coaches can deal with it. But I, I think this was a young roster. But I think it's a trickier. Uh, it was a trickier job. I think some people thought some some other names were going to come up for this job, and I don't think that's the case because it's a tricky job because you can go ten and two and people consider you a disappointment. So. Uh, I, I, you know, Josh, obviously, and Murph brought it up very similar pedigree to Scott Frost. Um, very would, similar. Yep. Eerily yeah. similar. Right. <laughs> or some like, uh, former like a little... big 12 national championship winning quarterback who had a so, limited so, professional career. So First if we've time, learned it, yeah. We've learned anything here. The next time we have a coaching search, let's just ignore all the names that are being brought up and just find the next Big 12 national champion quarterback, right? Is that what we're going to do next time? (laughs) We're going to start looking through the annals. Maybe maybe Chase Daniel will be like the next. (laughs) Well, someone someone said today, because, you know, Frost was the 97 national champion, and, you know, uh, Heupel played for the 2000 Oklahoma Sooners. So someone said, I'm waiting for 2003 uh, national champion Matt Leinert to be the next uh, head coach at US- UCF. Oh, boy. If this keeps up. Oh, God, help us. There you um, go. There you go. <laughs> let me. Um, Breaking news. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Vince Young, 2005, if you're going to go Big 12. Yeah, if we're going to go Big 12, Vince Young. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Heupel's contract. I wanted to hit this real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Guaranteed salary annually of one point seven million. That's what um, Scott Frost got. Um, let's see here. Uh, incentive compensation up to two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. Salary pool for nine full time assistants of two point five million. That's a big one. Rand, uh, Sh- Randy Shannon talked about that. I think a- uh, afterwards. Um, where I think he said UCF was what the first place to have an, first place in Florida to have an indoor practice facility, first place in Florida to ha- to pay assistance I think two hundred grand, which that gets around. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Sam Unger Real Estate Team. Sam and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Powered by EXP Realty. 
Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and fans, he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. The real estate market here in Central Florida has been on the move for some time now, so if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, Sam's got you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give Sam a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit him on the web at samsellsorlando.net. Again, that's samsellsorlando.net. You can also reach Sam on Facebook at facebook.com slash samsellsorlando. Get in touch with the Sam Unger real estate team today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. This was the big one. Um, notice of termination received on or before the final football game, including the bowl game in the 2020 season, tw- uh, $10 million. Mm-hmm. So if someone tries to snatch Josh Heupel out of here before the bowl game that concludes the 2020 season, they're going to have to write UCF a $10 million check. That is a big development in terms of the, in terms of the contract. And that is, in my opinion, Danny White saying, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to be somebody stepping stone really like this anymore. This is, you know we're gonna get we're we're gonna get our money's worth out of Josh Heupel one way or the other, and we're not gonna get burned after two years once someone else comes a call. And what do you guys think on that? Absolutely. I mean, Danny, I mean, Danny said in the press conference he talked about you know not wanting to make an emotional decision when it came to the head coach. You wanted to make an intellectual decision and also a long term decision. Uh, and, and he used those words. Hopefully, it's a long term decision. And it also weared on him. We talked to him after the press conference. He did a little one-on-one. It weared on him that, you know, when his team was fighting for an ACC, AAC championship, the, the focus was not on the team. It was on the head coach yeah. and what was going to happen with him. And he called it a, you know, ho- he, said, he said, hopefully the next time we are fighting for a conference championship, we don't have, quote, a coaching carousel disaster. Uh, that's what, that's what he said. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of, I totally get where he's coming from. He does not want to have this kind of show again. He doesn't want the focus off his players. So yeah, uh, if you want to take Josh Heupel before four years from now, uh, he or whoever takes him, 
uh, if he gets fired or whoever, or whoever he signs on with is going to have to pay up. Listen, if a team is going 11 and 0, 12 and 0, I could care less what distractions, what carousels going on. Bring it on. All right. Um All right. I will point I will point this out. And I think it's great that you get the 10 million dollar buyout. Obviously cuz Scott Frost was what, 3. So I think he learned a lesson there. There you go. Let's That being said, if a big time program is going to want Josh Heupel, they're going to get Josh Heupel. I mean, UCLA just bought off Jim Moore for what, 12 million dollars to get bring in Chip Kelly. I mean, schools do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does make people pause, which is good. And you have to protect yourself from that. Distractions are not going to go away. If the coach is successful, look, here's the thing. I would rather have the distractions that people want your coach than not have the distractions. Because if nobody's talking about your coach, that probably means things aren't going so well. Um, Fair point. <laughs> if, they're ta- if they're talking about your coach, it means you're winning. Um, so I, I don't, you know, again, I I don't think that necessarily makes it go away. I does, it does make it trickier. It does make it tougher. And I don't, you know, you don't have the obvious, oh, he's going to go to Oklahoma storyline. Like you had with Frost going to Nebraska storyline. Because they already canned him once. Well, not only that, they have a young coach, Lincoln Riley, who a lot of people think is a bright mind. He's already in the playoff. So, and whose last uh, name is also Riley, as as Brian pointed out earlier today. (laughs) Spooky. Look at you, spooky. Um, That is spooky, actually. Um, But no, yeah, I mean, I I, I think this Riley, unlike the the Riley in Nebraska, uh, will stick around at Oklahoma a little longer. So. And you mentioned Hypo, uh, yeah, got canned last time, but you know, t- you know, I, I look. I think Josh Hypo intends on being here, but you never know. I mean, who would have predicted? Uh, you can't predict college coaching. Who would have thought that we'd be talking tonight about Willie Taggart as the head coach at yeah. Florida State with Jim freaking Levitt as the defensive coordinator at Florida State? I mean, you talk about a wacky world. God. We got those two guys are running the ship at Florida State. Who would have called that? Uh, not me. And then you got Dan Mullen at Florida, back at Florida, after being a coordinator at Urban Meyer. Uh, I mean, just that anybody can predict, well, this will secure this, and they won't go after this coach. Nothing is beyond possibility, if we've learned anything in this offseason, uh, is the fact that, if you, I mean, A&M spent $75 million to get Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> All right. So if, if they want to coach badly enough, they're going to spend the money. They're going to do it. Um, how about how about Mark Richt coming out and saying, hey, out of all these coaches in the major universities here in the state of Florida, I'm the one who has the longest tenure. Yeah. He does. <laughs> he, he is the longest tenured guy. Uh, good for him. He better be careful because I think some of his coaches could get uh, plucked away, a.k.a. Ron Dugans, but whatever. Uh, going to Florida State, don't be surprised if that happens. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Mark, Mark Rick's the longest tenured guy there. Uh, look, it's a, it's a, it's fascinating. I don't know what to say. It's 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 really wild that we're even having this conversation, uh, fresh off you know a conference championship three what three or whatever since Saturday. Yeah, it's just been kind of surreal the tempo on this, and that's because of the early signing period, which I I I think was a mistake. I, I think the sport needs to look at that and maybe consider getting rid of that because clearly moves are being made quickly. Because of the early signing period, uh, you know, we, we as we've learned more about Scott Frost, and it turns out he probably had a deal, you know, and spoke, I guess, uh, with Bill Moose and Temple, which some people have a problem with. I don't. 
I know that some people have a problem with that, but this is how it works in the industry now. Right. Because people are trying to get ahead. And from Bill Moose's uh See, nowadays that comes out now, right? Like years ago, well, that wouldn't have come point. out. That's a, that's a fantastic point you just made there, Jeff. See, the, the difference now is that we're finding out about this stuff, whereas 10, 20 years ago, we had no idea that this was even going on. Uh, that's a fantastic point that I think has been lost on some people is that this stuff comes out more because more people talk and, and all yep. that stuff. But um, And that guy, I, Lars I, Anderson, I, turned out to be right. Correct, as was Chris Fowler. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and so, I mean, you know, and people may have a problem with it, but that's social media now. You can talk about it. And that's the platform that wasn't there 10, 20 years ago. Some people may not like it. Maybe some people think it's immoral, uh, Ill- you know, whatever. Uh, my counter to that is what about the people? Do they have the problem about the kids when the coaches get fired that brought them in? You know, it goes a two-way street. So everything's worked out for everybody. I think Scott Frost is where he wants to be in Nebraska, which wasn't an easy decision, uh, but it was a decision he made. And I, I, he did a heck of a job. And now you got Josh Heupel in the mix. And I think the question is, is he the best guy here, right? I mean, we heard, I, 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 you know, you heard Kevin Sumlin, right? What, what were some of the names that were been floated there? Candle, the uh, coach, Jason Candle, Candle of Toledo, Tony Elliott of uh, Clemson, Clemson, right? I mean, one, the, by the way, Tony Elliott won the Broyles Award tonight, in which uh, Troy Walters was also a finalist for. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I mean, I look at this, and we're going to be wrapping up here in just a second. But um, it's, I'm, I think that the way that Danny White has handled this um, does send a signal to everybody out there that that UCF is for real, uh, and we're not interested in kind of getting pushed around anymore. Or really, I mean, we've now, wow, we've already had our stint as a. Uh, um, as a well, as a stepping stone well, program, and well, that's and now, right, and now he doesn't want right. that to happen very much anymore. That's the thing. He believes, correct, guys. He believes this is not a stepping stone job. That someone here will be here for a long time. That's that's what he's going to fight. He's going to fight and say, no, this is not a stepping stone job. This is not a job you're just going to take here and then go to the next yeah. job. I, and he's also he not believes- gonna, not going to hire somebody who's still going to look at it as a stepping stone job. I think that was that was the reason why someone didn't get it was because. He was kind of hemming and hawing a little bit, a la what Greg Schiano reportedly was doing. And he said, look, if you're <laughs> if you're going to, you know, when 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 Frost was hired and, and Danny White said, look, if you're going to, you know, if you need to sit back and think about it with this place, I'm sorry, I'm moving on. You, sh- you, you either want this job or you don't. And if you don't, I'm going to move on to the next guy. And that's how Scott Frost got the job. And I think that's how uh, that's how uh, Josh Heupel got the job over Kevin Sumlin. Might be true. Might be true. And I mean, we'll see if someone ends up at Oregon, which now is open. Yeah, isn't that uh, interesting now all of a sudden? Isn't it? I, which I do think may have played a role in this. I think I think Sumlin saw the fact that he might have a shot at the Oregon job. So he might have wanted to wait. And you're right. I think Danny White's like, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going right. to let you play like, like that you and play me and play me off of Oregon. Moving no. on. Here we go. Correct. The big thing is, I'm curious to see how Hypo fills out his staff, because I think you would agree right. Scott Frost. One of the things that made him successful is he built a, he built the staff that really was successful, and I'll be very interested to see the staff that Josh Heupel built, and more particular and more specifically, will Sean Becton be a part of it, and will Troy Walters be a part of it? I think those are questions that w- is uncertain right now. I don't know if you guys have a hunch there, Murph. You were there. Did, did you get any sense on that? Was that not even addressed? Re- 
Not really. And we talked to, well, I mean, this is more about Frost. You know, Danny didn't say even how the bowl game was going to go still, but it wasn't really addressed. If I had to guess, I would say that Becton, if I had to bet which one of the two stay, I would say Becton's probably a better bet to stay. Um, But I really don't know. And obviously, I hope both stay. Um, But I I certainly don't know. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, be mad at at, at Coach Walters if, if he left here. I mean, he's basically. He'd be back in the same job, and 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 look, you know, I don't know if he if he wants that, right? Under a different guy. Supposedly, there's yeah. an offer for him to go to Nebraska, but not as the offensive coordinator to do something else. I don't know exactly what, but interesting that Travis Fisher, UCF alumnus, um, uh, and who came up under the O'Leary administration, uh, is yeah is followed Frost to Nebraska, um. You know, that was one of the things that I thought that was was re- really helped Scott Frost in the recruiting game, especially his first year, was he retained Travis Fisher. He retained Sean Becton. He retained Kevin Smith at the time, also a former UCF player, obviously, um, who kind of, sh- I, I think, kind of showed him his way around the state and said, these are the kids, these are the kinds of kids who we need to bring to UCF. Um, Fisher's gone, obviously. Um, Kevin left uh, to join uh, Lane Kiffin's staff down at FAU last year. Um, so that leaves Sean Becton there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how the next couple weeks fill out. Um, supposedly there has been some positive response from the recruits. Um, Shocker. Yeah. See Murph? Yeah, Murph was trying to, like, last week, last episode, Murph's like, oh, these players are leaving for Nebraska. They're gone. I'm like, settle down, settle down. Right. Let's the next- wait, 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 wait. Did I say that? Play the tape back. Play the tape back. I, I want to know if I actually said this. I don't have you the wanted, tape. You were, you were speculating about McKenzie Milton and about worried about whether no. he I was not. I was not <laughs> saying the McKenzie Milton. See, this is how, this is how these bad things start. I was not saying McKenzie Milton was going to transfer. Those <laughs> was going to transfer. I was saying it's interesting that you know these kids like Frost. They came into the offense. I wasn't saying oh McKenzie Milton's out of here. I'm just saying I wanted to see which kids might transfer. Maybe none of them will. Maybe some of them will. No, no, but probably not the the main guys because they brought in basically Frost 2.0. Uh, today, uh, but yes, as far as the recruits go, look, uh, you know, and 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 uh, Coach Heupel said it in the press conference. His recruiting uh, process starts as soon as the press conference is over, and his job now is to sort of get these guys to understand what he's all about. They signed on with another with a different coach, so they need to understand where he's coming from, what he's what he's about. And if you look, you know, you follow guys on Twitter, you can see that that, that the recruits out there are pretty positive to what they've heard from Coach Heupel already. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. I laughed and a lot of people they're flipping out like, oh my God, Scott Frost, he's gonna take all the recruits to Nebraska. I mean, this stuff usually plays yeah. evens itself out. I mean, first plus, of all plus if you want if you listen, if you're if you're worried about kids flipping and going to like Florida kids, for example, flipping and going to Nebraska to follow the coach, right. I got news for you. You didn't want him around here anyway. Because well, it's just common, though. If they, you know, it's first, because they need to, they, you know, you recruit to kids and say, look, you need to stay at the school. I think I saw the number. I want to make this point real quick, Eric. Um, <clears throat> I think forty-one now out of hundred and thirty Division One institutions, Division One FBS institutions, um, the head coach has been there long enough to see his first recruiting class all the way through. So one third. Wow. 
only one third of all of FBS have had coaches there long enough to see their entire first recruiting class through. Think about that. That's pretty wild, actually. Um, that's pretty wild. But look, as far as kids decommitting, there's always going to be a percentage of kids they're going to commit for the coach, not the school. I think we all can agree on that, right? Well, like, I mean, they get attached to their assistant coaches, who are the guys absolutely. they see every day, and then the assistant coaches right. go where the head coaches go. I mean, it's only natural. It's a, it's a game of people, you know? Absolutely. Like, I guarantee what's going to happen, you're going to see the same thing. Willie Taggart, a lot of those commits, Florida kids that are committing to Oregon are now going to commit to them at Florida State. Kids that decommitted from FSU might go to A&M. I mean, that's just how this, some of that stuff works. And, yeah, you're going to lose some recruits that maybe were going to come here. They're going to go to Nebraska. But now you're also going to pick up some kid that maybe would have gone to a Florida or something like that that maybe come here because of Randy Shannon. So it all evens. I always feel like that stuff evens out and plays itself out. I think people overreact to that kind of stuff nonsense. Just like you know, there's so much distractions a team can't compete with distractions. You know, God, that really they were really awful. Like I loved how everybody was flipping out. Scott Frost was talking on the eve of the Temple game. Did, you, did that team look uh, distracted there, uh, Jeff Murph? Did they look distracted in that Temple game? No, did, they looked pretty they, good to me. <laughs> did Scott Frost look distracted? Did he look like he, quote, you know, mailed it in? Give me a break. Right. I mean, that nonsense garbage. Jesus, man. Got to build, build those narratives, Elo. You got to build those narratives. You gotta, you got, People yeah, you might want to remember this. Some coaches actually can multitask. So just because they might be thinking about some other job, they are still very competitive human beings. That's why they're at where they're at, and, and schmucks like us are talk are, are here. You know, if we were as competitive as they are, we would probably be in their shoes. They're competitive. They want to win. I, I I have, and I'm I'm just a you know for people to question the coaching staffs leading into the game is ridiculous. Everybody wants to win a championship, and I'm glad you brought it up, Murph. If you don't believe me, watch that 18 minute film. Uh, Nightflix, you tell me if there's some of the, any of those coaches didn't give a damn about that game. I mean, it's up. I mean, can we just? Good lord, yeah. unbelievable. Last word to you, Murph. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I think some people will probably hear the news today and be a little dismayed because one, it wasn't Coach Walters, and two, it wasn't really a guy we were expecting until about eleven fifteen. Like it was he, like you know, Coach Heibel was not even rumored really until until we knew the announcement. So people will kind of go out there and like, well, you know, that's kind of interesting. I, I I thought about this guy and this guy, and I looked into them, but who's this guy? Well, this guy is basically Scott Frost, and that's <laughs> what, that's what he runs. It's the same offense. If you want, if you like high-scoring offense that UCF did this year, you're going to see plenty of it. You know, at least through probably 2020, unless someone wants to pay 10 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll see how Randy Shannon uh, turns it around uh, as far as recruiting goes. I can't. I really, really am interested in that part of this whole marriage. Um, but it's a safe hire. Today was a safe day. Uh, Danny knew what ro- what roster he has, which players are coming back. It's a young roster, and he he made hires that fit that roster, so that not that you know that the uh, hypo can can take this take this thing to imaginable levels or sink it into the depth, but just keep it going, keep it rising steadily upward. Well, let's hope. Well, let's hope so because you know, like I said, oh, we yeah. could go ten and two next year and. And people will be disappointed, and that wouldn't be fair. I'll be happy with that's that. That's a rational. Anyway, that's a right. rational sports fan. That's typical yeah. rational sports fan. Which is which is <laughs> by a tautology, way. by the way. <laughs> yeah, the, the high school. By the way, the high school state championships going on this weekend. It'll be interesting to see who's in the who participates in that. Might see. Uh, 
could, you know, there's some of Scott Frost's people hang out for that and meet mm-hmm. up with Josh Heichel's people. I mean, that's going to be some of the interesting plot lines going on to the state championships. You know, I just, just gave my, I, I just gave my tickets. I really, I literally, this is not a lie. I literally just gave my tickets away to those because I was not going to go. I had a, I had a chance to go to those games this weekend. You didn't give now, them to Scott now, Frost, did you? I didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm rethinking, like, should I go, like, should I go there in like a trench coat and sunglasses with binoculars and just see which coaches <laughs> are sitting in the stands? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, isn't that what you just did? You watched uh, Pat Clark and Mark Daniels talking to Scott Frost after, uh, right <laughs> after the Memphis game, which it turns into a big story. And you were part of it. huh? You could have you could have you should have just jumped in. You could have been a part of the story. I, yeah, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, if you guys, if you guys go on Twitter and uh, follow Pat Clark from, was it Wesh? Right, he's on. He's on yep, Wesh. Yep. Uh, yep. He wrote wrote an article about uh, his meeting with Scott Frost. Uh, Mark Daniels was there too. After the final press conference of the year, after the Monday press conference leading into the AAC championship game, and. Uh, and so after that game, I was in the press room for quite a while, just doing some tweets, and I got out of there late. Brandon Hellwood got out of there late as well. Brandon has a picture of Mark, Pat Clark, and Scott Frost. Uh, <laughs> Scott Frost is sitting in a golf cart, and Mark Daniels and Scott Fro- and and Pat Clark are like huddled around him. And I saw this too, and I sort of turned around as I made my way to my car. I'm like, you could tell that that is not just a chat. Like right. the, like the way Mark and Pat were listening. You could tell they were so involved in what Coach was saying. You could tell that something was being said. And then Pat wrote an article about it. You can find it on his Twitter feed. And it really lays out, uh, again, the conflicted nature that Scott Frost had to go through, even through that week, of what does he do. And it's, uh, it's a great read. And just to, like, I'm not surprised that's, that, that, that is what happened in, in that conversation because you could feel it. And I was 100 feet away. Right. All right. So let's finish up here real quick. Uh... Before we have our regular show, guys, uh, uh, Eric, what are you uh, what are you working on? Nothing. I'm just digesting <laughs> all of this. I, I'm trying to. I gotta, now I got to deal with Josh Heupel. Like, do I do I even bring up the Heisman Trophy and Chris Winkie? Like, it's very okay. awkward for me right now. And then I got Jim Levin and Willie Taggart in Florida State. I mean, I mean, wait, wait, I think you're going gonna, gonna to grow to like Josh Heupel. I think you're going to grow. To, you're going to. No, I mean, I'm, you're going to grow fine. to like him. That's, Murph, what do you got? What about you? As a as a writer, I'm very happy that you can make a ton of puns with Josh Heupel's name. It's already uh, happening. Uh, it's oh, fantastic. what's your favorite one? Mine, mine is believe the hype. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one. I mean the hype is real. Is now like the official UCF football one. I put in get hyped in there this morning. Uh, yeah, it's great, and then more will come. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't have Jason Candle because going from Frost to Candle would have continued the song of Ice and Fire. Oh my like, god! Perf- like perfectly, <laughs> like the perfectly. To- Look at that. He's even the total. We went the other direction of Scott Frost. We I know. Well, so, yeah. I just, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I want it anyway. I'm currently writing a thing about what I uh, saw and heard today at the press conference. That'll be up tomorrow sometime. And then while I was while I was, you know, this whole thing was coming out, I was also writing a, uh, a story, well, not really a story, kind of an opinion piece about which game was better, the USF game, the War on I-4, or the AAC championship game between, against Memphis. I'm going to sort of do a tail the tape art, uh, article on those two games and basically kind of come out with, with which game I thought was better. Better being a completely subjective term. Ooh. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure how I'm going to judge it. I really don't even know until I start, like, flushing this thing out. 
uh, which which way I'm leaning, but uh, that'll be up uh, later in the week. All right, we'll t- we'll be looking Very forward good. to that. I, we'll be. Uh, I, I actually Murph reminded me now what I'm going to do. Also, I'm going to write the the uh, television numbers for the UCF Memphis game and uh, break it down. And what was it good? Was it not good? I'll break that down as well. So good I'll call. do that this. Good call. See here you are. It went from it went from an emergency podcast about the new head coach to a to an editorial meeting right before your very eyes here on the Black <laughs> really and Gold what? Banneret podcast. So as we wrap up here, don't forget to follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com where you can read all the things that these guys are going to write and talk about. Um, in addition, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. Uh, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon, follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. And follow Brian at Spokes. Now, are we actually going to go back to a regular episode at some point? When are we going back to a regular, like, non-emergency episode? Not, back not, to the- not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. How about that? <laughs> what, are we, um, what will we talk about? Is someone else going to be hired? Oh, <laughs> gosh. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on this one, too. Just don't, don't, let, me, don't let anything happen. Um, but, yeah, no, like we said, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on things on this emergency podcast. Thanks again to our uh, sponsor as well, the Sam Unger Real Estate Group. And uh, yes, for uh, everything else that you need, don't forget you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. All right, boys, thanks for the last two emergency shows. Um, Yeah, all right, we'll be be preparing for some uh, Peach Bowl stuff coming up, hopefully. Staff moves, obviously, we're going to be taking a look at here. And, uh, and basketball uh, as well. Can't forget about that. So for Eric Lopez and Brian Murphy, my name is Jeff Sharon. Thanks for listening. This has been an emergency edition of the Black and Gold Panorette Podcast. We'll catch you for our regularly scheduled programming a little bit later in the week. <laughs>